for the few who dare. This is the Geek Confidential Podcast. joining us we have mo walker welcome mo hi everybody mel last time we podcasted wonder woman had come out but you had not seen it so we had to be very careful and delicate about walking around your feelings right because no because y'all was gonna get cut but that's fine (laughs) what did you think of it wonder woman was fantastic it exceeded my expectations i sat there in the theater afterwards and was just like wow just wow this is finally the dc superhero movie we have been waiting for okay it had everything you know it was a full roller coaster ride so you saw her grow up from a little girl to a grown woman kicking ass and taking names running across the battlefield Oh my God, it was amazing. I I loved it. I really, I don't think I have a bad thing to say about that movie. I loved her um, transgression in this movie from being a little naive and knowing what she wants to seeing how cruel this world can actually be to finally becoming the goddess that we all know that she is. So I am excited for any and all sequels they want to give us. I loved it. As a film school graduate, what did you think of the the way it was shot and the cinematography and the fact that, like, for me, the weakest part of the movie was the big climactic fight because I, I don't think they did the CGI as well mm-hmm. as they could have. It was a little bit cheesy. Mm-hmm. That was my mm-hmm. only knock against the film. What mm-hmm. did you think of it from a purely critical standpoint? I, I think they, they did the best they could with what they had. You know, that film didn't have a super big budget, if I'm remembering correctly. It didn't get like a Suicide Squad budget. So um, I think they did best they could with what they had. Where the graphics are a little bit on the cheesy side, yeah, but I, I watch soaps, so it, it doesn't really affect me all that much. <laughs> Fair but, enough. Um, you know, I, I think they did a really great job. You know, I'm willing to excuse CGI not being so great if the story is there. If you keep and me, it was there. If you keep me involved, if you keep the story good, all right, I can forgive you for a little bit of, you know, cheesy CGI. Mo, did you end up getting a chance to watch it? I've seen it twice, actually. Oh, nice. What'd you think? I enjoyed it both times. Uh, you know, it's kind of, they really kind of telegraphed fairly, fairly early on who was going to be Ares, the big bad. But, you know, again, as Mel was saying, it was about purely about story. They hooked us from the moment that they, they inserted Diana's childhood. I love the interactions between Diana and her aunt, um, Hippolyta's sister who trained her. It, it, it kept me engaged both times throughout. And it, it certainly, it is definitely the strongest DC Cinematic Universe film to date. 
And now that I think about it, I think you were the one who I was discussing it with last time, and we had to dance around it. For some reason in my head, I was thinking that was that it was you who hadn't watched it, but now that I'm thinking about it, it was Dan, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it was mm-hmm. Dan. Okay, well, um, no problem there. Mel, I do want to ask one thing, or one other thing before we move on to other topics. Chris Pine. Yes, God. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh huh. Yes. Well, uh, yes. Obviously, there was a, <laughs> uh, there was a few thirsty moments in the film. But... A few. I was thirsty the whole <laughs> film. But that's not. Keep going. Um, I've I've read a lot of, and I've read and listened to a lot of people who have said that this might have been Chris Pine at his best. It wasn't necessarily Chris Pine playing Chris Pine, which is what he can do. Or it's not Chris Pine playing Captain Kirk in every movie. What did you think of him in the role as Steve? Um, I definitely think it was seeing a different side of Chris Pine because to me, he's always kind of been a, I'm an actor and I know I'm an actor and that's what I'm going to give you, but I do it well enough and I'm pretty enough that you won't care. So uh, this one, he kind of, he toned it down and I liked that a lot from him. As for them being like, oh, this is Chris Pine at his best, I'm going to disagree there because I think Chris Pine in the first Star Trek is at him at his best, but whatever. That's just me. Okay. Um, Yeah. While I was on vacation, a Black Panther trailer was released. (laughs) I'm sorry, that was the Heavens Parting and the Angels Singing. (laughs) Yes, it was fantastic, and Michael B. Jordan looks fantastic in this even though it's not he's not in it very much but the whole thing it looks as the black panther trailer for me looks as epic as guardian the first guardians of the galaxy trailer i don't know what i'm getting into in terms of the film i've never read the comic so i'll just be upfront about that but the film based on that trailer i will be there day one it looks amazing what did you think mel I think I watched that trailer about 15 times just that night it premiered. Holy amazing Black Jesus. It was amazing. I I can't wait. I loved everything about it. I can't wait for the fight scenes. I love how much African culture is in it and like, you know, basing it off a real African culture. And did you see Angela Bassett in the white dress? Oh my God, I can't wait. This is gonna be an amazing film. Um, Deny from Walking Dead is in it. She plays Shuri. I y'all, please go and watch this trailer another fifteen times just for me. I'm gonna watch it again. I can't wait. Mo, what did you think? You know, I don't know how to follow up with that because Mo was. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, look, Mel was just so enthusiastic about Black Panther, and so am I. I, I you know, I'm really looking forward to this movie. I've been a fan of. Michael uh, Michael Jordan since his All My Children days, I think he is going to ki- he is going to kill it as the villain. Um, you know the the only thing you know I, I've seen the trailer three times. The only thing that kind of took uh, that took me away from the trailer was if you look at the trailer and then you look at that movie poster. For some reason, it just looks so. It, it just looks like his his. His head is like uh, Black Panther's head is like uh, CGI'd onto his body. I don't know something about that about that poster just weirds me out. But the trailer, it, the trailer itself is awesome. Um, I've read a number of Black Panther comics over the decades. Um, I'm not as um, well read on Black Panther as other things, but I I've seen enough, read enough Black Panther that the movie will kick ass. I mean, 
it, 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 it's it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome come next year. Having seen him in the film, I wanted to check out when they did Black Panther in the World of Wakanda, I believe it's called. So, But that that run in the comics, I believe, only ended up getting six issues. I'm not sure if it was a miniseries or if it just wasn't, if there wasn't enough volume to keep it going. But it, um, it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I One of the great things about bringing certain comic book properties to life is even though you may not have read the comics if they do it well you can then just become so invested i loved uh, luke cage on the television series on netflix and because of that i decided i was going to check out the comic series having watched iron fist i have no desire to ever read an iron fist comic so <laughs> hopefully hopefully the movie is as good as the trailer deadpool 2 production started and ryan reynolds released a photo of him of Deadpool in front of the X mansion, which I believe is also the Lex uh, Luther mansion from Smallville and something else. If I'm not mistaken, I can't remember what I know that mansion is, gets a lot of usage in superhero films. When it comes to Deadpool on a scale of B black Panther versus Logan, where would you say you're looking or how much would you say you're looking forward to Deadpool? Well, in comparison to between uh, Black Panther and Logan, I am definitely looking forward to Black Panther uh, more so than Deadpool 2. However, there are certain X elements that they're introducing in Deadpool 2 that I'm really looking forward to seeing on screen, uh, such as Domino, such as Cable. These are old, old, old school X-Force characters, and uh, Deadpool has been inter interacting with these characters for over 25 years, so it will be interesting to see w how it translates from the comic page to the film screen. It's going to be interesting to see how they play that because uh, Fox is expanding the X-Universe. I'm really curious because Deadpool and Logan, which were small-budget films, did so well, but the mo more recent X-Men big cast films haven't been as good. So... As they expand this universe, it makes me a little bit cautious to see or about what they have coming down the pipe. Will it be more like Deadpool and Logan, or will it be more like the X-Men films? Mel, um, how much are you looking forward to Deadpool 2? Um, I mean, I'm excited to, to see it. Definitely not as excited to see it as, let's say, a Black Panther. But, you know, I'll definitely go check it out when it gets to the theaters, and then... Um, Going off of what Mo was talking about, they're expanding the more the X-Men characters in there. I'm really excited to see Cable. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes. Like I said before, it all depends on story. If your story is good, it always builds well for your franchise. So, Part of the problems with these, these more recent X-Men films is that they, they're just so focused on that Xavier, Magneto, Mystique dynamic. And, mm -hmm. and, we're, and, and I think fans are just tired. It's kind of played out. And if and there's been new casting information released for the upcoming uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix film. And again, we're going to be stuck with that same um, that same dynamic. And mm -hmm. and I think that's why people responded to Deadpool and people responded to Logan, not not only because it had a good story, but it was just something different that we were craving something different in the X-Men universe. Last weekend, I was on vacation, which is why we didn't record. And, of course, the weekend that I'm gone, Orphan Black premieres its fifth and final season. 
No. Orphan Black is so, so good. Tatiana is so amazing. What did you think of the season premiere? Okay, so I was excited that it was finally coming back. Of course, with that show, for for me, it's kind of similar to Game of Thrones in that there are so many characters on the show. I don't know everyone's name. I just know if you're good or if you're bad. So... You know, being with the season premiere, we knew that Sarah was on the run for me and Lucian um, and Ferdinand and that she's trying to find a cure for Cosima. Cosima has been trying to find a cure because, you know, all the clones have this disease where they eventually die off and hers is getting worse. And, you know, we come back and we see Cosima, uh, who is back with the back from the dead Delphine, who I swear she died two seasons ago and is now back. Anyways, um... Uh, we see them together. She's at Kasima's at this place called Revival. Um, and Rachel's back too. So there's that whole crazy dynamic. There's this uh, main guy called P.T. Westmoreland, and he's been alive for 120 some odd years. So there's all the connection there. And I don't really trust everyone over at Revival, and I want them to get out of there. We see Sarah on the run, as I said before. Um, she's been trying to get to Kasima. She finally actually does reach her. And uh, Kasima's like, no, it's good, it's good. You go, you try to find, you know, what's going on, save Kira, it's it's okay. And I'm like, oh, I don't think really think it's okay, but all right. Um, we also see Allison, her, her husband, and Helena are hiding in the woods, which is comedy, but, you know, things go awry. So there's all of that going on at the same time. And we've now pulled in um, Sarah's old partner, Art, uh, from when she was on the police force. He knows everything that's going on. So I feel like it was a really good setup for the rest of the season. Um, I actually have an episode of Orphan Black from last night sitting on my DVR that I haven't watched yet. But with Sarah getting captured at the end of the episode, this past episode, I want to see how everything's going to play out. And what I thought was interesting about that episode is that Rachel and Cosima had the scene where yeah! where Rachel ends up being the one who injects Cosima uh, when because Cosima had it was very difficult for her to do it herself. Mm-hmm. That was really good. It's I I'm really conflicted about Rachel because she's one of these characters where yes she's really bad, but there's moments where they make her feel like not necessarily relatable but understanding and you have a a little bit of sympathy for the character but then you're like wait a minute Mm -hmm. she's only doing this because it's a means to an end exactly she only does anything for herself so I just can't I can't bring myself to trust Rachel because I know she's gonna turn around and backstab everybody but that was definitely a good scene with Rachel actually injecting Kasima with the cure because I knew once she had that needle I was like oh Kasima that was stupid she's gonna kill you but she didn't so Mo are you an orphan black fan I'm not sure that we've ever discussed it before oh I've been an orphan black fan since day one since the moment (laughs) Sarah watched her her sister Chloe walk in front of that tray. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> Black is back. I can, I'm, I just need my girl to get off that island. Though, you know, when she was just crawling the grass and the blood was flowing, flowing off of her and she was all dirty, I was like, oh, 
I was like hoping that my girl would just get to a boat and get off that island. I was so mad that she still got ended up trapped there at the end of the mm-hmm. episode. But Mel, what you were saying about Rachel, Rachel, you know, just kind of just kind of bring it back to X-Men. Like Rachel always has kind of come across as like some kind of Magneto-ish character, you know. She she's a she has her own agenda, but when it when she needs to, she'll work with her sister clones. I'm I'm like you. I'm, I'm kind of a little. I'm trying to figure out what is up with um, Cosima's girlfriend. I mean, I thought my girl uh, Delphine, the dad, got shot in the trunk. Right. I was like, she was dead, dead, but she wasn't. So. So maybe I'm, she's a clone. Well, that's what I was about to say. Bum, 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 bum. Is she a clone? But I'm I'm curious if they wrote the actress out because the actress does another show, another Canadian mm. show, and I'm wondering if they, the reason why they had to write her out to send her, well, I think I believe they took the um, Pakistan or something like that. What they said that they were sending her on a mission to, and um, after she gave um, Kasima the cure, she hit the cure. She told and she had to leave. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that actress ha- had to go film the final season of this other show. That uh, that she does, so I think she will be back. I think they just had to write her out temporarily, um, but we'll, we'll see. I, I mean, I haven't watched the episode that came that was last night, which was uh, the seventeenth of, of June. I'm gonna watch that tonight, but yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to see uh, how how this the show ends, and I need Helena to start just killing some more, murking some more folks. Another series that re- uh, returned was Dark Matter. Mo, uh, you, as you know, the first season, I, I, w- I didn't like it as much as Killjoys. The second season, in my opinion, was better than Killjoys. Um, I've watched the first two episodes of this season. It seems like they're on that s- another good track for season three. What did you think? Yeah, I, I've seen the, the first three episodes that have, that have premiered. Um, the two that came, the double bill from last week and then uh, Friday's, this past Friday's episode. And I like where they're going. It just really feels like right now, this is one of those seasons in which the team is just splintering. Because if you remember in season two, they started adding characters to the ship. You know, you got like, it was, it was packed at one point. And now people have gotten killed off, uh, like Nix, uh, Ryu, you know, uh, AKA four, you know, he's, Turned on the on the team, and you know, and have did you, have you seen uh, the episode that came? You didn't. You said you didn't see uh, this past Friday's episode, so, correct? I think I've watched this Friday's episode with you saying a two-hour premiere that might have explained why I there there was like this jump, and I wasn't sure what was going on. I don't think I realized that it was a two-hour premiere, so I deleted one episode at, or the premiere after watching it, and then came back and went to watch the next one and thought that I hadn't deleted it. So I deleted the other one again and then still had the most recent episode. That makes way more sense. <laughs> I, I, I deleted the second episode. Okay. So yes, I've, I've watched the first and third episodes. Okay. So, so there's some critical things that happen in that second episode of the double bill from last week that leads into uh, this past Friday's episode, especially involving uh, Ryu. So I suggest you get you watch that episode. But again, I think it's it's a these three episodes. It's a slow burn. I I want to see a bit more of the corporate warfare. Just 
because uh, right now we're kind of seeing like getting a little taste of you know one corporation doing something to another corporation like we did in um, this past Friday's episode. But I can't wait to see when all-out corporate warfare uh, kicks off. And really, I think at that point, I wouldn't be surprised if some other members um, of the crew, you know, switch allegiances. What I thought, what I find interesting about this dynamic is the fact that we have um, four basically reclaiming his throne and now going after the 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 crew, his former crewmates. And how that is playing out, I'm not sure that I like it. From a storyline perspective, I totally understand it because it works really well to have one of the most important um, crew members end up reclaiming his throne and then being at odds with his former crew. From that standpoint, it totally works. From a purely selfish fanboy standpoint, I really enjoyed about the crew and I don't want him separated from the crew. So... Uh, it's a little bit bittersweet, but I totally get why they're doing it. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, having Ryu like turn on on the crew of the Raza and you know reclaim his throne. You know, in a lot of other shows, it, it feels like a plot line that would come up in like seasons five or six. I mean, they kicked that in the gear in season in the middle of season two, and you know, and he's still on the throne in season three. You, you know, I mean. It, it, it's crazy, but, you know, I like it, and I, I think they're going to reach some sort of detente at some point, but I think there's going to be some bloodshed before it ends, because Ryu, he was in love with Nyx, and he's pissed because his ex killed Nyx, so it's only a matter of time before he gets his ex back for killing Nyx. Mel, um, I don't know how much of a sci-fi channel viewer you are. I know that Mo and I both watch a lot of it. But and Winona Earp re returned as well, which I've really been enjoying that. But what are you watching this summer? What is your summer sci-fi fantasy viewing on television? Um, I think it's just primarily Orphan Black. Uh, I was trying to think of everything else that comes back this summer, but yeah. Until Orphan Game Black of Thrones is... arrives. Yeah. Uh, yes. Orphan Black and Game of Thrones are pretty much my ones this summer. Okay. See, if you would, if you just watch the Sci-Fi Channel, you'd have all these great series. If you want a good, uh, fun Sci-Fi series, um, check out Killjoys. It's it's a lot of fun, and season one is totally worth it. I'm really hoping they make a creative comeback in season three, but it's on Netflix, so um, you can watch it. Um, one of the other shows that Sci-Fi puts out during the summer is Winona Earp. I love it partly because it's a modern western that deals with demons. Because Mo hasn't watched the episodes yet, I'll try and be very careful about spoilers. All I'll say is that I am not sure I like where, Wa where Waverly's storyline is going. Because that, I do not want her ending up bad. I totally get why they're doing it, but Waverly cannot be a big bad in the end. Just cannot happen. Mo, uh, Legends of Tomorrow went and cast Tala um, Ash as Adriana Tomaz, who in the comics is Isis. But I don't think they're going to go by Isis on the show, more than likely. What do you think of this casting news? I know when it came out on Twitter, you you seemed pretty excited about it. I am. I I like the character when she was reintroduced in the DC Universe uh, during a, a comic book series called 52. 
Um, one of the executive producers of Legends of the Tomorrow, Jeff Johns, wrote that series. Um, I think it's a great, it's a smart move on Legends' part to be as to keep making these diverse casting uh, choices. I think the character is also such a blank template. They can kind of really do whatever they want with the character. So I am looking forward to seeing how they will, the changes they will make. And of course, you know, the biggest controversy of all will be her name. What will they end up calling her? Um, if, if you are familiar or if you've heard of the character um, Isis, you know, she actually had her own television series. Uh, it was a Saturday morning show with Shazam, the DC Comics uh, superhero who uh, summons, uh, uh, gets his powers through magic. So they had like a TV series. I think it was back in the 70s. It was a Saturday morning cartoon. So it will be interesting to see how they update the character and what and what does she bring to the table when, when she joins Legends. Well, and what, I've, what intrigues me about it is we had Archer, which I... I have to confess, I haven't watched this season of Archer because they put it on FXX and I didn't think to set up my DVR and at this point we're too far in so I'm going to just have to catch up on Netflix. I was not happy when they moved it off of FX. I get that they're trying to build FXX up but it pissed me off. But that show, their agency had been called ISIS and in the wake of all the beheadings and things that were going on they decided to sort of get rid of that. So for me, seeing whether or not Legends actually uses that character name will be intriguing because on one hand, I can totally see them saying, let's go, let, let's eventually get to it. Give, give her time to for fans to fall in love with the character and eventually get to it so it's not this immediate issue. But on the other hand, I can totally understand why you may not want to have your television character have the same name and be mentioned in in the same context of beheadings in in <laughs> headlines you know i don't really think you want that on page six because page six of course would write that kind of a headline we'll see how it develops mel you are the baby on the podcast mm -hmm. both daytime confidential and geek confidential mm -hmm. so i have to ask because i feel like you might have been too young for this but did you watch DuckTales? Yes! Of course I watched DuckTales! Oh my gosh, I love DuckTales and Scrooge McDuck and Huey Dewey and Louie. It's fantastic! So I know there is a reboot, reboot coming up, and I'm excited to see it. The opening for it was released, and it's really fun. I love DuckTales. Scrooge McDuck is one of my all-time favorite animated characters, him and Pinky and the Brain. I don't know what that says about mm -hmm. me, but I love mm -hmm. both of those two characters. And <laughs> I cannot wait. I will be setting this on my DVR. Mo, did you watch DuckTales? Oh, hell to the yes. I DuckTales, I don't know if y'all remember. Well, Luke, you may remember they used to be on in the afternoons, and then they also showed it on Saturday mornings as well on ABC. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. ate DuckTales up. I, I like Gizmo Duck. I was just a fan of Scrooge's money bin when he jumped into the money bin and he just starts swimming through the, through all that gold and change and stuff. And he, he just come up with like all these pearls and necklaces and stuff bedazzled. Him. It was, it was awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to the DuckTales. I'm going to watch it even though I'm probably not an age group for it. No, they made that for us. They know they did. It's, it's, I'm fine the, with same, it. it's the same thing as Netflix bringing back Voltron. 
the obviously the a younger generation's going to watch it, but all the people who watched it back in the day are going to check it out. It's well, the exact well, same principle. Luke, do you so do you know who the new Scrooge McDuck is? The voice the voice for him? Yes. Yeah. I do not. I have I had not looked into that. It's who David it? Tennant. David Tennant. Oh, that's going to be awesome. Doctor Who. Yeah. Doctor Who. Speaking of Doctor Who, I did not have a ch- l- l- let's see the last episode that we recorded was out was that yeah that was our best and worst of the tv season i want to back up for a second since we have a little bit of time mo you did not convey the epicness of the season finale of class <laughs> yeah I, it, it was jaw dropping good i could not believe it they went the 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 full season arc built up to that point but in no way shape or form did i see expect that a doctor who teen buffy version of doctor who was going to have a planet destroying epic climax it was amazing go into it a little bit more now that i've had actually watched it well I mean, I think the, the the whole thing is is just I like the fact that all the character relationships climaxed. Yeah. I mean, in some cases, literally. <laughs> true. Very true. <laughs> um, I'm 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 hoping that the show does get renewed for a second series because I love that the tail end that they 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 hinted at the governors and all throughout the first uh, series they were talking about the secret governors and how. The governors, like, you know, have been keeping an eye on Mrs. Miss um, Quill. Um, I'm really, really curious to see what happens with that, especially since at the tad end of the episode they introduced the Weeping Angels, the old Doctor Who nemesis, and yes, those things are scary. I can, can I can, I can just imagine now the kids running through the halls and like a Weeping Angel pops up at one of the lockers or something and just. Oh, oh, that's going to be so we, good if they, the we, if they bring it back. The Weeping Angels are one of my favorite Doctor Who villains. The How they were introduced is unforgettable on Doctor Who. So to have them come over to class is really good. But then Miss Quill discovers that she's pregnant from a Prank. shapeshifter. <laughs> so this yeah. badass woman is now pregnant and we will see how that develops. I really hope it gets a season And two. she can still kick ass when she's pregnant. I don't even it, watch this, but she can. She does yeah. in heels no less. Yeah. Okay? You need to watch this show, Mel. Trust me when I say it, you need to watch this show. What what is it called again? It's, it's called, called Class and it's on BBC America. Oh, well, that's all you have to say. BBC America. Okay, it's, got it. It's a Doctor Who spinoff. And speaking of Doctor Who, we haven't had a chance to discuss that much this season. I have to say, I'm the episodes are... I don't know where it's going. Well, I know where it's going because we're going to be losing the Doctor and Bill. But I'm enjoying this season. And that's the first time I've been able to say that with Capaldi about a season of his. I think that Bill has brought... There's some sort of humanity to him. And I think that for whatever reason, I don't know that Capaldi really had a sense of who his doctor was when he started. And so we got to see a lot of different things. 
And now that he knows he's on his way out, he doesn't give two fracks. And so he's just going with whatever he chooses, thinks is best. And as a result, it's actually working. What are you thinking, uh, Mo? Yeah, I, I think that, yeah, you're exactly right. I think at this point, Capaldi knows what his finally figured out what his doc who his doctor is what his doctor wants to be i think also as part of it is is that maybe um stephen moffat the the head the current head of doctor who, who will also be leaving at the end of the year has finally learned his lesson about coming up with these overly complex MacGuffins just for the sake of it um and i think he's 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 created a character and uh a companion in Bill that I think is 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 really someone that Capaldi could bounce off of. I think um, the previous com- companion, Jenna Coleman's companion, uh, I think it was just it was just the, the two of them just I don't know didn't necessarily it didn't quite mesh work. well. No, yeah, it didn't, didn't mesh too well for me. And but because I think that she really she worked well with Matt Smith. She doctor. did absolutely. But I think that the stories, and it may be just the types of stories that they're, they're coming up with this series are also very good. I mean, there was a really compelling three-parter, you know, that was really broken down into um, these one-episode arcs in which, you know, the doctor ended up blind and he was hiding it. And it was just showing that how he needs Bill and his other, um, his manservant, quote-unquote, Nardle. And 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 how the three of them really keep each other grounded. They really help all three of them. Plus the stuff that we're getting with Missy, I think, is really interesting. And I know that they're hinting at John Sims' version of the Master returning very soon. Um, I haven't seen last night's episode, but I know that that version of the previous version of the Master is coming. That's going to be just off the walls crazy. I like what they've been doing with Missy, trying again, trying to do a little redemption story, a quasi-Magneto redemption story, but we'll see if she backslides in the last few episodes. Before we get to a bit of weird science news that I would like to keep that or have that as a periodic segment on this podcast going into the future, I want to take a moment to um, discuss Adam West, the beloved Batman actor who died at the age of 88. In honor of it, NBC's Powerless went and put an unaired episode on YouTube um, in which he is featured. Mo, we've lost another one. Why do we keep losing these great icons of television, film, and comics? We can't. We can't freeze them. I mean, we can't. Um, like Futurama, where they would like save their heads in like brain in the jars, their brains in like jars. We can't do that to these icons, so unfortunately, we are going to keep losing them, especially the ones who've been around for like 40 and 50 years who've who've contributed something since we were children. Um, But for me, I grew up watching reruns of the the 60s version of of Batman, the Adam West version, Um, you know, and I thought it was very campy, but it was funny. I, I... when I was a child, I took it like really seriously and really literally. But as I matured, things like the 
uh, bat repellent that he'd had this sharp bat repellent he'd pull out of his utility belt. I thought that was very cheesy and stuff, but you know, it always holds a special place in my heart. And I actually got to see Adam West. He came to my area as part of a wizard convention a couple years ago, and I got to uh, take photos of, of him and Burt Ward. And I'm really glad now that he's passed that I was able to like see this man and, and, and like speak to him you know, while he was still on this earth, um, you know, and he had done previously, he, he actually had did voice narration for the uh, pilot episode of Powerless as well. So, and, and, and I had been hoping that he would show up in the flesh on that series. It's just unfortunate that it's taken, um, you know, his passing to get that show aired. But to be honest, since NBC had canceled it, if he hadn't passed, it may never have gotten aired. Mel, what are your thoughts? Um, I was really sad to see the passing of Adam West. Um, I've only seen a couple of reruns of the old Batman, um, but what I did see I liked, but he's one of those actors that is just so iconic, you can't not know who he is. And then he had um, a part on, was it Family Guy? He's the mayor. That's it, he's the mayor on Family Guy. So I know him a little bit more from that. So definitely sad to see him go, but it was good to see that his legacy will definitely carry on forever. And having the bat signal in L.A. that night was amazing. So definitely uh, rest in peace to him. There's no good segue about from moving from the passing of an iconic actor to talking about weird science. So I'm not going to even try. This week, I found an article on the Huffington Post, and the headline read, Did Mickey Mouse's pants wreck his sex life? We have the science on this. And basically, it turns out that Harvard University gives out IG nobles, which I did not know what these um, were prior to reading the story. And apparently, Harvard University gives it out to honor the strangest academic research in the world, or as the awards founders put it, discoveries that cannot or should not be reproduced. In this case, we had someone, a sexologist by the name of Hamed Shafiq of Cairo, made 60 lab rats wear pants for a year, and he determined that they saw less action when wearing polyester shorts. Because apparently, the sex life of Mickey Mouse is something that is extremely important to scientific research. To, and it said, to determine how, um, how pants affect male rats, the scientist uh, dressed 60 of his subjects in special rat underwear made out of either 100% polyester, 100% cotton, 100% wool, or a 50-50 blend of polyester and cotton. They wore these things for a year, and they were only changed when they became soiled. I'm not sure exactly. I would think that that would be fairly often. Not exactly sure. It turns out that different textiles have an effect on rats differently. Rats that wore 100% polyester mounted and ejaculated less than those wearing cotton. Well, we're all going directly to hell for this last segment. <laughs> so, since we're already there and I've got a seat. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, not only that, but it gets better. You're thinking about mice. No, it's not get better than mice ejaculating. Mickey Mouse? For real, y'all? For real? 
I'm just, I'm just time on our hands. This scientist has entirely too much damn time on his hands to be well, like, you know what I'm gonna do for the next year of my life? <laughs> I'm gonna see how long it takes a mouse to ejaculate with pants on. That's well, what I'm gonna do. <laughs> Are you kidding me today? He hey, got, he got the, he got this in memoriam, but it gets better. He hypothesized that the polyester created electrostatic fields that negatively affected germ cells. And once he was done testing it on mice, he actually did it on men. It says the uh, Shafiq didn't drop his research on the rats and mice. Three years later, he he tested the hypothesis on 50 men and concluded that polyester pants could have have an injurious effect on human sexual activity. <laughs> you know, I I'm. When you were reading that, all I could think about is is Mickey just said, whoo, whoo. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Podcast is over. I will see everyone later. You can find Luke Kerr on Twitter at, at Luke underscore Kerr. No, I am done. <laughs> Mel, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me at my name, at Melody Akles on Twitter. You can find Mo, Mo where we can find you on Twitter. Doc- Dr. Mo 77. And Dr. Mo 77. And if you want to share your weird science news with us, uh, we might discuss it on the podcast. I swear, but... if one of y'all put some on there about this Mickey Mouse, uh-uh. <laughs> I Lord Jesus, we need, and it's on the Lord's Day, too. You see there? You see? Uh, we you, can, with... you can tweet us at GK Confidential on Twitter. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash gkconfidential. As always, Mel, Mo, it's been a pleasure (laughs) (laughs) discussing all the latest news. I really enjoyed it. We thank you for listening. Until next time, so long. So long, everybody. Bye, y'all.